What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to another edition of Cavs the Blog Podcast. No, it's just Cavs the Podcast. <laughs> Cavs the Blog Podcast. Oh, <laughs> we've rebranded. It's Cavs the Podcast. <laughs> With uh, Nate Smith and Tom Pestak and uh, David Wood. And we may have a sighting from Elijah Kim, We're the uh, master Skype, of Cavs Skype, the Tweets, Pat, uh, our Twitter Skype feed. I, can't, I don't know why it won't let me. It keeps saying... He can't be added until he accepts my contact request, but he has, and he's in my contact list, so it makes no sense. But we'll see. Well, hopefully, we'll get him in here. So um, we we're just talking about this uh, Mavs uh, Golden. I'm sorry, Mavs Thunder game. Uh, Mavs down by one with about nine minutes to go in the fourth. Uh, Dion Waiters just got himself an and one. So we were Nate had excited. to clarify that. He didn't ask for an and one. He was actually awarded an and one. The, the, by the ask team. is implied, Tom. Well, right. Every play with waiters is an and one that he's asking for. So Right. Uh, and then uh, Toronto got waxed, or Toronto waxed the Pacers. But I actually thought the Pacers played pretty well for about three quarters. But uh, it was hard to overcome the efficient the officiating, and they kind of got in that mode of uh well we won the first one we don't need to win the next one so we're not going to go all out you know on the on the second game because we've already got home field right home court but yeah 
Home court, yeah. So uh, that series is at 1-1, and the Cavs won their first game uh, last night, a fun victory over uh, the Detroit Pistons. Tom uh, was getting YOLO magic flashbacks the whole time. I was. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the, I mean, we were talking about it. You know, EG kept kind of trolling me a little bit in the emails. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, and I mean, let, let's let's start. Well, it's one of those things where he's like trolling you, and then he's like, "Oh crap, this is really." Yeah, happening. exactly. <laughs> so, uh, even though we're going to do it later, here's our first potent perception. So, Stanley Johnson finished three of three from downtown uh, this season. How many times did Stanley Johnson um, make at least three three pointers and make all of his three pointers? Take a guess. None. Okay. Zero. You guys are both right. You win. <laughs> woot, woot, woot. It is zero. So I, I'm I'm bringing back the nickname of the original Stanley Johnson, the Hot Plate. The Hot Plate. Okay. Stanley Johnson. Yeah, but, the, the, the larger the, Stanley, the more rotund Stanley Johnson had the nickname, the Hot Plate. Which I, uh, I think the moment I really started having severe anxiety. Was I think it was in the fourth? Was it um, early in the fourth? Reggie Jackson just sort of like oh, the one he casually, yeah, he just kind of walked into a three from and about. I think they went up to like eighty-eight, eighty-five, or something. Yeah, no, I think it was more. I thought they went up like seven, didn't they? or my, maybe I'm thinking of a different three. Yeah, but he just kind of like walked up. Cavs were trying to get their defense set up, and he just fired away. And that they'd been was, playing pretty good D up to that point, and he was just like, eh, yeah. I'm just gonna take. I'm just and it was that. it was shades of Petrus, man. That's yeah. the same crap that guy used to do. He Although that just... was a nice play because he kind of caught the he he took the rhythm of their offense had been a lot more deliberate, and he kind of caught him off guard. I yeah. thought Reggie Jackson played a pretty nice game, but until the uh, fourth, he melted down. Well, also he stopped playing Kyrie Irving and started playing him on Shumpert, which helped immensely for the Cavs. You mean he stopped going against Kyrie Irving? Yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. No, no, I, I'm with you there. Um, actually, that's a good little segue. So, David, I wanted to bring up Kyrie's defense a little bit, but before we pile on, as we are wont who, who to is do, whittling in the background there. Oh, that might be me. Sorry. <laughs> Were you literally whittling? <laughs> no, I have a battery tester, and I was just <laughs> fiddling with it. I don't know why. Um, I, I was carving a soapstone. <laughs> You know that we got to play the game where at the, after our listeners listen to the podcast, they guess what apparatus or machine is going on in my house. Um, the best but, ever was, Tom, do you have a Whirlpool Cabrio? Yeah. <laughs> I know those, I know that beep sequence. Um, so, okay, so before we pile on for some of Kyrie's just awful pick-and-roll defense, I wanted to point out, a defensive play that we'll all, we're all going to remember, and that's the block Kyrie had on Tobias Harris. Which but what stuck, what, what stuck out, foul. well, whatever. What stuck out to me about that play, if you go back and watch the whole highlight, not just from the point Harris kind of like takes off and Kyrie blocks it, is the Pistons were in transition, and Kyrie sprinted um, to get back pretty much faster than I've ever seen him sprint on defense in that situation. And what he did was LeBron was the furthest Cavalier back. And there was already 
a piston that was uh, flaring to the left corner. Um, and, of course, Tobias Harris had the ball. And what Kyrie did was he started sprinting and he pointed and yelled to LeBron, hey, I got that guy who wasn't really even in the camera. Which might be the first time I've ever seen Kyrie Irving talk on defense. Well, or, I mean, I've seen him talk where he kind of lazily points and goes, oh, someone pick up my guy for me. But this time he was basically signaling, don't worry about the guy in the corner. I'll get to him. And immediately I noticed LeBron stopped playing sort of a, a zone and and got in position to take on to, you know, accept the challenge with Harris. And then Harris, you know, now he's no longer playing two on one because Kyrie got back in time. He's playing one on one and he's got to try to go around LeBron. He's not going to go through or over LeBron and LeBron was in position. So that caused him um, to be a little bit slow to the rim and he had to try to go around him. And that gave Kyrie time to come in from the weak side. It was a heady play. And it was one of those moments where obviously my initial reaction was excitement, but then almost immediately after, just all the thoughts, well, just all the thoughts and all the energy I've spent arguing with Cavs fans about Kyrie. It's just like, now, wait a minute. This was just, you know, a good effort play. Like, why is this such a rarity? So, David, did you notice that play? And two, am I being too hard on Kyrie? Um, I really want your take on this one. No. Well, I noticed that play. But... No. But that doesn't, like, discount Kyrie's awful defense in general this game. Like, I don't think Reggie Jackson's that hard of a cover. And we talked about this before because you just go under the screen on him pretty much every go time. Go under the screen and you make him use his offhand. And he's, like, a, you know, half as effective as he normally would be. Yeah, exactly. But, like, there were moments in this game, like, I don't know, I think it was the second quarter, where Reggie Jackson's, like, staring at Kyrie. He's like, come on, just play defense on me. Like, <laughs> I don't want to take this three. And then he's like, like, they're having a stare down. On if Kyrie's it's a Mexican standoff. Yeah, like, he doesn't want to take the three, and Kyrie doesn't want to play defense. But then he takes the three and he makes it. It's, the, it's just it's the stoppable force versus the movable object. Yeah. It just blows my mind that Kyrie can't figure out defense when he has such great footwork on offense. Like, that translates to defense. You just have to try. And like Tom said, like, he knows what to do. He's not a dummy. He just doesn't want to do it. All right. So I am happy to announce. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, jeez. I want to welcome our main man, Elijah Kim. Eli, are you there? (laughs) (laughs) I see your face. Okay, I'm, I'm going to pause this so we can get I see your face. Are you there? He's here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm pleased to welcome the... No, wait, wait, wait. No. It's not... <laughs> okay, so this is the fifth take of me, of me introducing Elijah It's Kim really working this to time. The blog. Thank you, Nate. I don't know how the hell you got our website upgraded when you can't figure out how to start one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but uh, Easy K, the man behind Cavs the Tweets, also known on the hardwood as the Korean Channing Fry. Welcome, Absolutely. my friend, to the blog. And so I want to ask you, um, what do you think LeBron, what is going through his head when he's out there and, you know, it's a game he actually cares about and wants to win. It's not chill mode LeBron. 
and he watches the defensive breakdowns, uh, particularly of Kyrie Irving. Do you think he – it's just like part of the game or you think it's like maddening to him or, or you know – you know, Bill Simmons subtweeted as though he was LeBron joking about, uh, you know, you can make a max contract and, you know, suck on defense. And that was obviously a shot at Kyrie. So, I mean, what's your take? You go to games, you sit close, you see him in the huddle, you see LeBron's body language. What's your take, my man? So I think LeBron has just given up to be Frank Quinkly. Frank, Frank Frankly. I think he's, yeah, Frank Quinkly. Uh, quite frankly, I think he's just given up on Kyrie giving that defensive effort 100% of the time. Um, and I think LeBron is kind of to blame, too, with his lackadaisical effort at times. Yeah, you think it's um, a lot of really bad closeouts, especially by LeBron in the first half. Yeah, you, there's that one example where uh, Morris got three for three because LeBron didn't come back on Tobias. So Kevin Love had to take Tobias at the basket, and that's where Marcus got his three. But I think this might be the best that we see Kyrie in any game where he scores, you know, 25, 30 points efficiently. And he doesn't play great D, but he plays so good enough on offense where you have to keep him on the right. floor. And he doesn't turn the ball over. I thought that was the big That was key. key that was key. They only had four four turnovers this game. Which so is, think, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Considering, you know, they lose a lot of games where they turn it over like 15, 20 times a game. So. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the, the one play I thought before, and you talked about it, Tom, before uh, Kyrie sprinted back, that was the play right after LeBron had yelled at Kyrie for taking a really dumb foul. Yeah, yeah. He, like, did the point at his head thing. You know? Right, right. And right. so I, I, I feel like at least he, at least LeBron can, can motivate him that way, which I was happy to see. So like he didn't it, see Kyrie sulk. So this is what I saw in the third quarter, and I, I want your guys' opinion on if you sort of saw this too. So the third quarter starts, Kyrie scores, I don't know, the first seven points or eight points. He's just, you know, exactly what you needed at that point. You needed a spark. You needed hot shooting. He gave it to you, and that's great. Um, Lou went with the starting lineup. And then I sort of felt like by about midway through the quarter, um, you know, whether it's just he was worn down or he's just a lazy player, um, Kyrie started to get a little sloppy. He started to over-dribble a little bit. He looked a little bit lost on both ends. Um, and I felt like the Cavs, you know, should have kind of stomped on the throats of the Pistons, and they didn't. And what I noticed was LeBron really ratcheted up the defensive intensity. Like, he tried to play, um, you know, free safety for the Cavs and sort of make up for everyone else's blemishes um, just to sort of keep the team afloat during that period. And it, it kind of bothered me. I felt like, okay, this is a really good time now, now that Kyrie doesn't really have it going on offense anymore to get him out, let him rest up, get Delhi in there, go to more of a grit squad lineup, um, you know, run the pick and roll with Delhi a little bit. And then when you take LeBron out, maybe with two minutes left in the third to give him a breather, you bring uh, Dallas, Kyrie in then, and you let Kyrie run the show. And that's sorry, not Dallas really what happened. Took it, he took LeBron out near the end, but he left Kyrie in the entire time. And then he brought Delhi in to play with Kyrie. And neither of them really seemed to want to assert themselves as like, I'm going to run the offense. You're going to play off the ball. Like, they both kind of looked at each other like, so who's supposed to be running the plays? 
And then, you know, there was the whole debacle to start the fourth, which fortunately, um, Lou immediately checked LeBron back in and, and LeBron and Kevin Love really saved the day, in my opinion. So, um, is that kind of the way you guys saw it? Like maybe Kyrie, I mean, I know we've talked about it this year. Offensively, he's a savant, but maybe using him in a little bit more of like a Lou Williams role, like, I mean, have him in the rotation, but if he's got it going, ride him. And then when he doesn't have him going, try something different because he is a net negative on on defense. There's no way around it. And if Reggie Jackson um, is going to pick and roll you and have some success opening up, um, you know, drive and kick lanes to kick out the shooters, I mean, what the heck's going to happen against better point guards? You know what I mean? So, Nate, my manifesto, your take. David, my manifesto. Your, your <laughs> I don't know. Take. I was just looking up the lineup that was on the, on the court. Hold on, David. Hold on, David. I got to ask first. I had to take myself off mute, <laughs> you know, because that was a long diatribe by Tom there. So I know. I, know. <laughs> I didn't want him to hear my uh, whittling sounds in the background. Um, so the uh, the one that I, I – the lineup I thought was not a great offensive lineup for the Cavs. You had Mozgov, you had Thompson, you had uh, Shump, and you had – was it RJ? Or well, no, it was uh, Kyrie and RJ, right? And I thought well, it was Mozgov did not play in the second half, so I'm talking okay, about the third, okay. the third quarter. So there was the four win one. Yeah, so uh, I, I a I didn't think it was a great offense offensive set, and it wasn't a set that has played a lot together this season. And I kind of thought like they were all kind of waiting for Kyrie to initiate the offense, and it was just kind of a natural lull. I actually didn't have many problems with the way Kyrie played offense that game. And, you know, there are times your offense is just going to get a little stagnant. Um, so no, I, I agree. I, I, I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, I'm not convinced that, I mean, I know Kyrie scored 30 some odd points. And so you look at the box score and it's kind of like, well, they really needed that. I'm just not convinced based on, the way they played before he came back from injury and the way they came, they played the finals, that they necessarily need his scoring to win games. I feel like when he's scoring efficiently, um, he can really turn the tide in the game. He can be like the league's best X factor, if you will. Um, well, I, I think a little bit you're getting into this theory of there's one way to win every game, and sometimes guys have it and sometimes they don't. I mean, I, I think... They need they need a third score no matter who it is it's, if it's LeBron and Kyrie or LeBron and Kevin Love uh, they're going to need a third score any given game whether that third score is Love or Kyrie or um, J.R. Smith um, you or Channing Frye you're 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 going to need that guy and it's not going to be the same guy every time you got to take what the defense has given you so having that ability is great and it, it is still a progression Kyrie still has to progress as a player to be able to play better defense and he's not going to do that sitting on the bench. He needs to get yelled at a little bit on the floor. And so hopefully he, he needs to be tested by the playoffs. I I think that's the only way the Cavs are not going to win with the Delhi LeBron grit squad in the finals. Kyrie has to grow as a player uh, for the Cavs to have a shot at a championship. I, I, I truly believe that. I don't, I love Delhi. 
but there's not enough on that team if Kyrie doesn't improve, and he's not going to improve unless he plays. So, what do you think, David? Do you agree with that? Um, I I agree to a point, but I kind of think how you were saying Kyrie got tired out in the fourth. I think that's probably true because he was playing a long. Uh, like, he had a few, or not a few, he had one long stretch in the first quarter to, like, the second quarter where he was out there by himself just kind of supporting the bench unit. And I think that's kind of a good role for him because he's able to just do his own thing with the ball. And the other thing with that is when he's doing that, you get to have Delhi in earlier covering starters, which I think is much more important than having him run with the bench unit because he's not self-sufficient at all. All right, what do you think, Elijah? I actually kind of agree with Nate. I think you can't win the finals with Delhi as your predominant point player. You need Kyrie's offense. And I think the one thing to note is in the finals, you can't play Kevin Love big minutes because he's just going to get destroyed by Draymond. Oh, I don't think Or that's another true at big. All. Really? Okay. Well, well, I, well, if you well why not? A lot, Kevin... a lot of. Wait, 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 Nate. So. You don't listen to Hey Wendy. Shame on you. That's well, like, I listen to Hey that, Wendy, but like, Hey Wendy's talking about the Kevin Love we saw in November, not the Kevin Love we saw last night. If, if, if you get the Kevin Love we saw no, last night, about... <laughs> he can play anybody. So okay, I mean, if he but, if his uh, if his jumper you... is uh, riding on the back of a unicorn over a rainbow, then <laughs> it, it can happen, man. Uh, anything is All possible. Right. My point is that his point wasn't controversial. That's like Ben Windhorst's main point for a month now is I'm not sure how much you can play Kevin Love against the Warriors. So but I don't think it's necessarily just Kevin Love. I think it's how much can you not play Kevin Love and Kyrie at the same time together. I think well, I, I liked Kevin Love's defense in that game, to be honest with you. I thought Oh, he was he, fantastic at times. His defense was good. That yeah, they had awesome. at the end of the game to uh, deny Reggie Jackson the three-point shot and then right. basically force the um, shot clock violation in the late fourth was it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, without fouling. Yeah, that was yeah. excellent. Um, okay, so I want to clarify, I, you know, because I feel like you guys started arguing against something I wasn't exactly saying. I'm not saying Delhi should be the predominant point guard, um, but I, I do contend that we have a whole season's worth of data – and the Cavs lineup with LeBron and Delhi is far superior, or or was far superior to Cavs lineups with LeBron and Kyrie. And in addition, um, the only player on the Cavs that had a positive plus minus when they were on the court without LeBron was Kyrie. Well, I'm going to so, tell you, Tom, this season's worth of data means nothing in these playoffs. It, yeah, I, I truly believe that this Cavs team has been sandbagging the whole year. Kyrie's wow. been coming back from injury. You got Kevin uh, Love. You know, I cannot wait for Coles to live comment this pod <laughs> because he is going to just – he's going to have a Coles gasm when he hears you. <laughs> he hears that from you, Nate. <laughs> well, I just think the playoffs are a different animal. And especially this year when you saw the Cavs play so – far at times in the regular season below. I, I just don't think in a competitive game against a good point guard, you want to be playing Kyrie 40 minutes a game and, and Delhi like less than 20. I just, I mean, it's, it has nothing to do with who's the better player. It's just LeBron is the man. you got to maximize what LeBron does. 
LeBron as the role man in a pick and roll looks to me, and I haven't looked at the sport view data, but it looks to me to be one of the most unstoppable plays right now in basketball. It's like Stockton to Malone. It's like what we envisioned how LeBron would age. Like he's so huge. He's ambidextrous. You know, he can score with either hand around the rim. He's going to be setting these screens and rolling and finishing. And for some reason, the only guy that he does it with or that can get him the ball in those spots is oh Delhi. And Delhi leads him so well. I mean, did you see some of those leads? Yeah. Like a couple yeah. of them, he threw it ahead before LeBron had even cut. He like forced LeBron to cut. No, and he recognizes that LeBron is like basically Calvin Johnson playing basketball. And so he looks for him and he finds them on those, whether it's like a C curl or whether he just kind of puts his head down and looks like an awkward Aussie and LeBron like, you know, comes flying in from behind and Delhi's just love, waits, waits love, for him. love the play where they run the pick and roll with uh, Tristan Thompson, like they're going to run the lob play. And Tristan yeah, Thompson, and it's just And a then fake. LeBron cuts behind that. That play yes. is devastating. Yeah, it's like not the Kraken, but it's like a similar type play. And then you play. wonder, why the hell can't Kyrie run that? I don't know, man, but I mean, that would be like the most. Well, no, I bet you David could David tell us why Kyrie can't run that. Because he I have this in my article for tomorrow. He just cuts. He won't use a screen to get all the way to the rim. Like he'll just use the screen and then, oh, it's a mid range two for Kyrie or he's going to dribble it out again. Or he does these. Doesn't he snake all of his pick and rolls? Yeah, right. Yeah, he snakes them all, too. One, it drives me nuts because they basically told Tristan, don't roll. (laughs) <laughs> Just stand there. <laughs> right. So, again, we've all agreed that – and I'm kind of with you. I think for the Cavs' ceiling to reach its potential, Kyrie's got to play well. And so all I guess I'm trying to say is if you go back and look at those Lakers teams that won back-to-back titles with Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom was the third best player on those teams. He came off the bench. She was an X factor. And he – would have a game where he didn't play a lot, he didn't shoot a lot, and then he'd have a game where he'd go like 8 of 11 from the field, and he'd have 15 rebounds or something silly, um, and half of them were offensive. He was an X factor, and you you brought him in when he could do the most damage. And so I feel like it's it's low-hanging fruit, or loo-hanging fruit. Uh, if you just uh, play, you always play Kyrie when LeBron's not in, and you just turn it over to him. You don't... It's just like, Kyrie, just freestyle, snake the roller, do whatever the heck you want to do. Just score, man. Just get buckets. That's what it's all about, getting buckets. So, and then when LeBron's so in there. we have beaten this dead horse into the ground, Tom. <laughs> all right. So next, to, or the first the first topic on our topic list, now that we're 45, 50 minutes into this podcast, is was this the Pistons' best shot? And I assume you mean at winning the series, like by getting off to a 1-0 start. Um, I think I agree with that. I think this was the Pistons shot. I think okay, they were. I, I have to pause this because Dallas just took a four-point lead with 14 seconds left. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And Billy Donovan is just getting his coaching butt handed to him by Rick Carlisle. By Rick Why are you stopping it? We can record us talking about this. Uh, so, no, no, no. I'm not stopping the pot. I had to stop oh, at oh. the point. Uh, okay. So this is how insane Rick Carlisle is. Salah Mejri was in in the final 25 seconds on defense for, for the Mavericks. Like, what other coach in the league would, would put a 7-foot, 1-inch rookie 
<laughs> I don't know, but name you can I, barely pronounce in. Is, in how would yeah. how would Colin pronounce it, Nate? Salaj <laughs> Mehli. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> we we love Kyle though. I, we, you really need to get him on a pod. Yeah, no, no, we're gonna get him on a pod soon, hopefully. Um, this was Durant back to back misses. He yeah. just made a three. Yeah. Oh, I'm behind a little bit. Damn it! Durant just made a three. Yeah, yeah Eli, you can't spoil that stuff for us. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Did you I, see that? I was about four seconds behind. Yeah. On the miss, they showed Stephen Adams. Just yeah, that pick was borderline. I know. <laughs> oh, the play before that, it was like a yeah, play. yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. To as to your point, Tom. So repeat your point. Yeah, I think that was a Pistons' best shot. I mean, I, I just don't see. I, I know the Cavs were maybe not closing out hard enough, and I, I do believe that some of the driving kick stuff um, was a little too easy. But I, I just. Those guys, other than uh, you know Reggie Bullock, are not great three point shooters. You know, um, Stanley Johnson. That's the first time he's ever gone three of three from three this season. And uh, I, I just think, just like it kind of evened out in the second half, I think, you know, I, I don't think they're going to catch the Cavs off guard like that anymore. Now yeah, I could. That being I could, said, the Cavs aren't going to have a four turnover game again, and Kevin Love no. is probably not going to go nuts. I mean, they're not going to have a three-person combo beside LeBron score close to 90 points. So right Now, do we have a dissenting opinion here? Either David or Eli feel like we haven't seen the Pistons' um, best chance, that they're going to turn this into like a seven-game series or something? I don't think they'll turn it into a seven-game series, but Drummond's going to get us one game because the Cavs can get lazy when they rebound sometimes. Just for getting the box out and just keep an eye on guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Eli? Yeah, I just can't see many more games in the series where Drummond gets less rebounds than Kevin Love. I mean, I just don't think it's in Kevin Love's DNA to play that aggressive consistently, especially in a potentially three-game series. Yeah, yeah well, we talked about that? how much... Sorry. Well, we just talked about how much better Love plays with rest, so, um, you know. But the other I part of I, that is the Cavs still have Hackett Drummond in their back pocket, too, which they didn't Yeah, they really haven't use. really gone to that. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I think the, I, you know, I know I, I know Stan Van Gundy as a coach. Like, I, I know his psyche, and his guys are going to, they're not going to, uh, they're not going to just fade. They're going to come out punching. He's going to convince them that, um, they're good enough to win this series. And he's going to get them playing YOLO ball. And the Cavs just need to be better. They, I don't know. There's, there's no other way to say it. And I'm actually kind of excited. I'm, I'm glad this is their first round opponent. Because, you know, I felt like maybe back in 2009, the Cavs won their first eight games against the, uh, I believe it was the, was it the Hawks and Pistons? Um, back, you know, eight straight and they got caught off guard by Orlando because they were beating up on lesser opponents. And I think that um, this year, the Eastern Conference, you know, I know I've been going on a uh, Warriors love fest all season that you can't stand, Nate, but I really, truly believe that the Eastern Conference plays a much tougher brand of basketball than the I, West. I will agree with you. I, I, I think if the 
uh, Warriors had been in the East, they would not have broken the Bulls' record. I think you could be right. I honestly believe it. So here's a here's a, here's our next potent perception. Um, this year, the number ten seed is five hundred in the East. When was the last time that was true? That one through ten was five hundred or better in the Eastern Conference. Nate, you you get to guess first. Holy shnikes. Okay, see, so just one on a last-second tip by Stephen Adams. <laughs> yeah. It was wow. Ridiculous. I'm seven. I'm seven seconds behind. Oh, I'm sorry. Raymond felt just <laughs> no, it's, like it's no good. It's no good. Oh, they oh, waved it off. Yeah, I thought that they might have four, three, two. Man, I thought you were saying yep. holy snikes yep. to the. Yeah, it's off. I thought sorry, you were yeah. saying holy snikes to my question. Like you liked it so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Durant, yeah, Westbrook. Yeah, still on the ball. Okay, no, um, let's say 2007. Uh, okay, that's your, your guess. David, what's your guess? How far back do you have to go before the 10 seed in the East was 500 or better? Uh, I'm going to say 2003. All right, Eli. How many games better? Sorry. The, the 1 through 10 seeds in the East were at least 500. Uh, I would say... 1999. You have to go back to the 97 and 98 season. Wow. So it's been yeah, almost 20 it, years. Yeah, wow. Since that was true. Well, good. They, they were due. Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, so I, I think I think it could really help the Cavs to have... Okay, so here's the next potent perception. How many teams in the Eastern Conference have had a better record than the Cavs since um, the day before Leap Day, February 28th. We'll start with, uh, we'll, we'll do a reverse here, uh, Elijah. So how many teams have better records than the Cavs since Leap Year? Since February 28th, yeah, the day before Leap Day, which was February 29th this year. Three. Okay, David, what do you think? Like in the whole league? No, just in the East. Um, Two. Okay, Nate. So we got I'm three, go two, three. Miami, Boston, and uh, oh, who's the other one? Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta, right? Yeah. yeah. So the answer is four. Toronto uh, is there too. Yep. So okay. it is. Uh, it is Charlotte, Atlanta, Toronto, and Miami. Not not Boston. Okay. Yeah, Miami looks uh, stacked. Miami and I picked that. I picked that date because that's the date that Miami added Joe Johnson. Yeah. Um, so the East is no joke. This no, the year. East is no joke, and Miami is a really good team. I mean, since they're a strange moved, team. They can't. Well, they can't hit bang to the four. Yeah. But they can in doses. They they can. They, they're a YOLO three team. Well, they hardly attempt any. Um. And they, uh, yeah, they are. They're a weird team. They're a weird, and and they they play to their strengths pretty well. But I just feel like they can be defended. I don't know. I feel like um, they just can't spread the court that much. I actually think they would be a decent on paper matchup for the Cavs because I feel like if the Cavs don't have to send four, three or four guys closing out shooters on the perimeter. 
they don't have as many defensive breakdowns because when they get beat at the point of attack, they can just kind of um, collapse, which I think is sort of what they want to do in general. And the Pistons exploited that a little bit in the first half. But um, but I digress. So OKC thought they won. The crowd went crazy, and it was a premature celebration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they waved it off. So I want to get into um, LeBron. Are we seeing – is this the best – version of LeBron over this past month. I think it's the best we've seen LeBron in the last two years. Um, I'm going to go a little farther and say it's the best LeBron's been since he's in Cleveland. Ooh, like, well, that's what I meant. Times. The whole time. I don't know about yeah. that. I don't know. I, mm, I, don't know I, I, didn't, I didn't watch I didn't watch enough Heat basketball, but you, I know... You're pretty young there, uh, David. <laughs> I know LeBron had kind of a is there like a goose in someone's house? <laughs> what the heck was that? It's my uh, dog's toy. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's definitely the best LeBron we've seen since he's been back in Cleveland, right? I mean, that, there's no question about that. I mean, I just can't get over how spry he looks. Like, he's... He's dribbling the ball in transition and accelerating past people that don't have the ball. That that's like that's like prime LeBron stuff right there. Like athletic prime LeBron. I didn't really think we were gonna see that again. And he's a better and below so, the rim finisher than he's ever been. That is absolutely true. Like that I mean, left handed when he gets that shoulder by you and he gets that left handed layup, that thing's automatic now. And he's got more post moves. I know we still wish he would get in the post a little bit more. But, um, you know, back in the day, he would kind of go down there and then he would just eventually face up. He's actually got a variety of, you know, little up and unders and things that he does. Yeah, I now. wish I saw the hook more than I saw that, that you know, that really exaggerated fadeaway he shoots. Yeah, where, yeah that, is a weird, that is a weird shot. But he, he can make it every once in a while. Yeah. So I, I have a question for you guys. Where do you think LeBron ranks for post-ups this year? In terms of number or efficiency? Like maybe points per possession or just like percent, percentile-wise? Uh, points per possession, I will actually – I bet it's pretty high. I feel like he's – I'm going to go 1.14. I'll go with 1.3. <laughs> uh, you guys are both way off. It, well, not way off. It's 0.89. Oh, wow. that's horrible. Actually, not good. Because I, I, I'm working on my piece, or I have been. He's not that good at post ups anymore. It's it's surprising. Kevin Love smokes him actually. Kevin Love has that doesn't not, surprise me. He has outstanding footwork. Um, yeah, if Kevin Love could get a left hand, he'd be unstoppable in the post. Yeah, that that does that would really help him out. But um, we haven't talked enough about Love. Oh, I, wow, no Steph Curry tonight. Wait, can I have one by LeBron hot take? He's he's doing better because he quit dribbling the ball. Like I think that's the biggest thing that's happened recently. He's off the ball more, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he's, he he looks so good off the ball. He's like, well, he's how about cutting. how about that post up he had on Reggie Jackson last night? Where oh, that was amazing. And just that like, was amazing. Yeah, without right fading up. away at all, and just <laughs> yeah. like dunk. 
He went right up and Jackson's nose was in LeBron's like thorax and he just like put it right in over. Yeah, that was awesome. It's like the post up you get at the Y when you got the twelve year old kid on you. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> and that's you don't want to yeah. take advantage of him, but it's game point. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're like, all right, enough is enough. <laughs> I'm staying on the court. Um, right, exactly. So I in real time the camera angle was not great, but the play where Love drove into the teeth, lost the ball. I don't know if a, if a fan was in the way or if the camera didn't like pan quickly enough, but I just assumed that it was a turnover. I think the ref was in the way. Possibly. I just assumed it was a turnover. Next thing I know, the Cavs still have the ball, and I thought, wow, that was a break. And then Kevin Love hits that three. It wasn't until after the game when they were interviewing Kevin Love on the court and they showed the baseline cam that I almost crapped my pants. I could not believe <laughs> how insane of a play that was. I mean, you guys know you guys saw that view. I did of not the see play, the baseline right? cam. Oh my gosh, Nate. But apparently it made you prairie dog. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mute myself while you guys talk about Kevin Love's game and then you're gonna watch this clip. <laughs> Okay, so you guys go ahead, carry on. Eli, what did you think of Kevin Love? I thought he was great. I think he looked just like what we thought we were going to get when he got traded to the Cavs. But um, like I said, I think him not having a left hand makes him so predictable on that post up on the left left block where he comes in with the right hook. And well, I think that's right something that he's got that fadeaway off the yeah block. the fadeaway off the bench. very very yeah. similar moves to. Uh... Uh, Tim Duncan. Correct. And I think, I do think that they'll, Stan Van Gundy will try to game plan to stop at least probably Kevin Love of the three, big three, because that'll probably be the easiest with the players that he has. Yeah. And, and you got to stick with him, but I mean, his, but the other thing is if the only way to stop him now, the way he's shooting the ball is to leave a guy camped out on him, which is just going to open up the lane for LeBron and Kyrie. So uh, you may see less. Uh, I, I expect to see more Markeith Morris on uh, Kevin Love, especially if they run Love at the five. Uh, isn't, it, see, isn't it Marcus Morris? Didn't oh, I'm Marcus sorry. You're right. It is. It's, it's, it's the less crazy Morris. Oh, wait, there isn't one. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh yeah, I expect to see the Warriors go small. Or not the Warriors. The uh, the Pistons go small if they, they run that matchup. All right, Kevin watch Love that video. You see it? I do. So I'm going to mute right. myself and talk amongst yourselves. All right, good. He muted himself, finally. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I – I, you know, that's interesting. You think that they'll be able to take away Kevin Love more easily than maybe they could uh, make adjustments against other players. What I've noticed with Love is he likes to shoot when his body momentum is going away from the basket. And I haven't looked up the data on this, but I just feel like he's pretty ineffective when he doesn't get his legs under him. But when he has time to load up, um, he's pretty dang good shooter. And I was really impressed with how aggressive he was. He put the ball in the deck driving into bodies, um, dealing with a lot of contact. And uh, I like to see, I like to see an aggressive Kevin Love. I just think it, 
it's just better for everybody, um, you know, in the in the long run when he's just when he's playing that way, like a, like a big, not like a stretch four. Even though he has those skills, which he obviously showed off um, at the end of the game. I mean, he and LeBron kind of saved the day, in my opinion. I mean, they really controlled the back half of that fourth quarter. And while watching that fourth quarter, you know, I'm a Cleveland fan, so I'm sort of prone to always fear the worst. I was very calm. Like, I just, the way LeBron and Kevin Love are playing made me feel like they got this, you know. Like, at this point, unless something crazy happens, they're, they're going to win out. They're just playing at a high level. And I think, um, you know, I'm impressed with, given his athletic limitations, how good of a defensive rebounder Kevin Love is. You know, he just has really good fundamentals. And the Pistons were not able to capitalize on the Cavs going ultra small. So, um, I mean, do you think going forward, Eli, that they can they can run Kevin Love at the five? Because throughout that quarter, I kept thinking, like, okay, this is working, but get Tristan back in, you know? And they didn't. They didn't bring him back in, which was surprising to me. Do you think that was a little bit of fool's gold and, and they're going to have to play Tristan at the five in those small ball lineups? Um, or do you think they can actually run Kevin Love at the five for fourth quarters? I think they can run Kevin Love at the five depending on the matchup. I think with Drummond, you can easily justify it because Drummond isn't really, he doesn't force Kevin Love to really move that much on the defensive end. But if he has to go against like Millsap or maybe even Horford, I think it'd be pretty challenging to keep him out there for long stretches. Or Draymond in the finals, perhaps. Correct. But I do think... Sorry, go ahead. uh, I think the thing with uh, Kevin Love is that He's pretty good on like post-up defense, ISO post-up defense, which is kind of, you know, outdated in today's NBA. But there's there could be a need for that against like Valanciunas, and that's another team that he could be running the five a lot for in a series. The, the one ahead, thing Nate. that the announcers talked about that the Pistons didn't do uh, was put Kevin Love in the pick and roll. They tried to post up Draymond a little too much, and uh, I, I feel like that'll be the big adjustment for the Pistons is running pick and roll at Kevin Love and kind of seeing what they get. Uh, and the Cavs did a real good job of hiding Kevin Love a little bit on defense that way, but I also felt like the Pistons played into their hands a little bit. But the other thing that happened was those impromptu traps that the Cavs ran really disrupted the uh the Pistons offense uh you know like you were talking about Tom LeBron playing pre pre safety and just springing yeah. traps on guys and they couldn't get into their offense and then they couldn't right. run those pick and rolls so so it you expect the Pistons to be a lot more disciplined about that yeah okay man we are just plowing through topics um, we are we're we're a machine. So the other thing I want to talk about is how good Kevin Love has gotten at putting the ball on the floor and something we all wish he would do earlier this season. And uh, if he when he shot fakes and puts the ball on the floor and gets to the elbow where he's a really good passer, even off the dribble, uh, it has been like you were talking about, you know, when when Kevin Love gets the ball at the foul line extended on the move, he's so good. Right. Uh, When he when he's catching it. And the pieces are kind of moving, so it's not like he's been trying to get post position for five seconds and he finally right. gets an entry pass. When it's more like he's slipping a screen 
or he's rolling or he's, he's coming across from the weak side and he catches that pass. I, I just feel like the Cavs offense in those situations yeah. is really, really fantastic. But, so, and, but wait, Nate, what, what did you think of that save? Uh, it was very good. <laughs> it was a fantastic save. I mean, uh, he's the like, whole play was fantastic. I mean, the great pl- he makes a great save to the corner. Then he pitches it out, and then, and then LeBron. The makes one a great I pass. loved was along with that, uh, Shumpert makes that brush screen to just impede the defender enough that Kevin Love gets an open three in the corner, and that's just fantastic team ball. You know, you, you, you know what I'm talking about, where where Shump just kind of jumped out because he was in the corner, too, and he just impeded the defender enough that with the old Celtics play he used to do that. Yeah, yeah no, no, he did. Yeah, I, I just rewatched it and he he recognized what was happening. And before the pass, he ran up and he even like started to protect his man jewels a little bit. Like so he, he was, it was very purposeful. His groin, he did get his groin hurt last year. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that was a great play by Shump. Um, you know, Shump even hit one of his patented crossover long two step backs that rattles in, and I don't know his, how uh, they go in. His Dion Waiters special. No, it's the Larry Hughes, it's the Larry Hughes special is what it really is. Um, the Dion Waiters special, you have to hear a loud and one in the background. No, he only does the and one at the basket, not when he does a step back. <laughs> the, those vibes of Dion, like, Eight feet behind the three-point line, jumping up and down, asking for the ball. <laughs> are the best. Are some of the greatest vines. They're not vines, though. They're gifts. Because <laughs> you can just loop them over and over. Okay, first of all, they're gifts. They're gifts. No. No. They're, they are. Okay, can we get a ruling here, David? Gifts or gifs? I go gifts. Do you call it, do you say Jeffrey or Geffrey? I I'll say, say Geoffrey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eli, are they GIFs or GIFs? I go with GIFs. Yeah. So it's oh, oh, that's not uh, two, two. You know, we we'll gotta, have, we we'll have, have Coles. We'll have Coles tell us what it is. We'll just go with that. That's the tiebreaker. Um, the swaggy P of our blog. We'll find out what he, <laughs> what he thinks about if it's GIFs or GIFs. Oh, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. So, um, so kind of moving on to our next topic uh do you do you want to move on or you want to talk about this game a little more tom um well i just think that i think that if the Cavs play like that in two weeks i'll be nervous um i'm okay with that being their first playoff game they have to clean some things up they certainly need more bench contributions um you know they won, and you know Lou got some credit for playing Kevin Love at the five, and I don't want to take away from that. But if I'm shying away from evidence-based analysis and just looking at the rotations, I just didn't agree with a lot of them. Um, so I feel like Channing Fry has been a fantastic addition, and he needs to get, he needs to play. He can't be a DNP. Uh, if you're going to DNP anyone, it needs to probably be Mozgov because he's been this has been the lineups have been rough with him. And uh, and I think they need to – LeBron is peaking at the right time. LeBron and Delhi pick and rolls look unstoppable. They need to run that more often, especially yeah. because the games are going to turn into a half-court grind. And we, that is, We kind of talked a little bit about Kevin Love needs a left hand. Delhi needs to get better at shooting on the move. 
Like he needs. Yeah, he's been in a. He's he been in a really slump even from planted. outside lately. He really has to be planted to hit that three. It seems like like he can't yeah. even be moving a little. And so he can't really rush it either. Like he no, needs yeah. time to load up a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's he's been in a shooting slump. I I hope he breaks out of it. Yeah, at the he right did time. have a couple nice plays inside. I like see him see him being seeing him be aggressive. But yeah, he needs to uh, he needs to pick it up a little on the outside shooting. Right. The only other thing I wanted to say was that one three pointer J.R. Smith made <laughs> was <laughs> filthy, filthy. <laughs> the classic J.R. falling out of bounds three. The stanky leg falling out of bounds three. That was just crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. You guys got any other thoughts about this game? How much, um, Eli? How much do you think this game tells us about the Cavs' playoff gear? Are you mildly concerned they didn't they didn't take care of business early, or is it kind of like it's a grind? A win is a win. You know, what's your take? I'm actually not too overly concerned because LeBron didn't have a good uh, offensive, offensively efficient game. I mean, there was a stretch he went like two for seven between the end of the the first half and into the fourth quarter. And I think that won't be the norm, or hopefully it won't be the norm. And I do think they have to play Chang Fry. There's no excuse to play uh, Mozgov ahead of Fry at this point in the season, in my opinion. So I do think they will get better, and I'm not really overly concerned so far. How about you, David? Well, I think it was a good win. Detroit shot crazy hot. I don't think they're ever going to shoot that close from three-point line again. So I'm not worried. Nate, you in agreement, or you got a slightly different look? Um, I just think you're going to see more pick and roll next game. Um, uh, I do worry. I, I I thought the Cavs did a really good job of not – I thought Lou did a nice job of not overcoaching, like just letting the players on the floor uh, dictate stuff. In fact, there was one play – the one time he did do it, he called a timeout and basically prevented a for sure layup. Did you see that play? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did see that. Yeah. And it was like, and LeBron was irritated. You could tell. And it was like, yeah. you know, Tyron Lue needs to let LeBron be LeBron and only intervene if things aren't going well. So I, but I, I think the Cavs in five at the at the most. So. Are any of you guys worried about all the gamesmanship with Stan Van Gundy and you know lobbying the refs for fouls? Eh. I mean, one, do you think that's effective? And if so, do you think it it would it could make much of a difference? Or I I don't think uh, that Detroit has enough stars to get away with that. Like normally, when you see a guy, it, you'll see it start to even out for the other star. But Detroit doesn't have any other stars. And the other thing that's going to happen, if you do that, then you just go to hack a Duray and just, you know, junk up the officiating anyway. How is it not bang a drum? I don't get That's, like, so perfect, and no one says that. Uh, <laughs> but, okay. Uh, well, I, I am actually a little nervous about it because I remember 2009, we're all leading up to that series, Uh Tom, yeah, everything you, you like life. how many hours on the couch with your therapist? Did That's you like the inflection because? point of my psyche. Is that <laughs> serious? Um, and it, I remember him lobbying before the series even started. For LeBron gets away with murder. Um, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, here's the here's the dirty little secret. People will look at raw 
numbers and say, how does LeBron play so many minutes and foul so little? It's because he doesn't really foul people. Like, I, you know, like you can just decide I'm not going to foul people and not foul them. It's not like that hard to do. LeBron is long enough that he can sag off perimeter players. I think I've never seen someone sag off perimeter players more than LeBron and be effective because he can recover so quickly. Um, you know, you watch three or four straight years of chase down blocks. There's no fouls there. He's he's oh, God, crazy. The block he had on on Reggie Jackson at the end was filthy. Yeah, filthy. I mean, he's just he doesn't foul people that often, right? So it's kind of like no, that's I, why and I think the offensive fouls is what Van Gundy was really lobbying for. And yeah, and I know, and well, I mean, here's the thing: it's it's hard to officiate LeBron both ways. Both ways. I feel like he bear, he gets a lot of contact. He draws a lot of contact that goes uncalled that other players, they would get whistles all day long. Like if, if he had Dwayne Wade's stature, um, he would earn more fouls. He, he's so big, you know, he bounces off people. They go sprawling to the deck, and it's either a no-call or – an offensive foul in a lot of cases where, and Shaq dealt with the same thing, right? Shaq got fouled like five times on every play. And anytime he made any kind of maneuver, someone would flop and it'd be an offensive foul. So it's hard to officiate the really, really strong, powerful players just because of, you know, the physics of collisions. Um, But here's what I would worry about. Here's what I'd worry about. What I saw in 2009 that bothered me was as the series went on, and LeBron played otherworldly for the Cavs. No one else really stepped up that well. And he did shoot a lot of free throws. And and as the series went on, Van Gundy got louder and louder and louder about that. And by, like, game four and game five, the Pistons, you know, point forwards, guys like um, Turkoglu, were running into Cavalier defenders 30 feet from the basket and drawing, like, Drawing shooting fouls, basically. Okay. Um, and parading just to the line. Pay a therapist. Okay. I'm just, I'm just worried just, about. It. You I'm just worried about. It. You cannot talk about your therapy sessions on a podcast. Come on. <laughs> I'm just worried about. It. All right, Nate. By the way, so the other day, my doorbell rings, right? And it's these two little like third graders, and they're selling cookie dough. And I, I'm not gonna eat any cookie dough. <laughs> and it was fifteen dollars for a and tube I of just, cookie dough. Yeah, I, I got taken to the cleaners by a bunch of little elementary school girls. <laughs> they probably weren't even fundraising. <laughs> they were <laughs> like, "Oh, we got cookie dough in the freezer. Let's go. Well, they, they took, <laughs> well, let's they took, go. Let's go talk to that Pestock guy who bought yeah, the gutter yeah. bought nine thousand. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they took they took my money and they promised me cookie dough in two to three months. So. <laughs> We'll see what happens. We need we need an update on the cookie dough situation. <laughs> so, uh, kind of moving on because we have beaten this horse of this cab. Podcast has game. grown so, long um, the tooth. So I'm going to go to everybody. I I want one sentence on your impress, impression of each of these playoff series. Uh, and, and I don't know how much each of you guys have watched. But uh, Atlanta and Boston, uh, David. Uh, did, uh, how did Boston not pull off the comeback? Yeah. 
Eli. Who wants to lose in six next? <laughs> uh, Tom. Uh, Brad Stevens is the best coach of all time to be 0-5 in the playoffs. <laughs> I uh, My impression is uh, Avery Bradley's out and Boston doesn't have a chance anymore. Uh, Miami and Charlotte, Eli. No buzz in Charlotte. Oh, well played. Okay, David. Uh, I can't beat that. Uh, <laughs> I guess Miami and four. Okay, uh, Tom. Uh, uh, okay. Al, Al, Je- Al, <laughs> Al Jefferson or? My, mine is Luol Deng, 31 points on 11 shots last night. So, uh, yeah. Toronto so, and Indiana, Eli. I got, I got this one. I got this one. Okay, Tom. Toronto and Indiana. Um, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Kyle Lowry has the playoff yips. Okay. Uh, Eli. Um, uh, never healthy in Toronto. Uh, David. Uh, Toronto is now going to exit the second round every year for three more years. Oh. Uh, my, my take is Indian six. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, Golden State, Houston. Uh, Golden State uh, up 25-22 with about two minutes left in the first with no Steph Curry tonight. Um, actually, Houston was way down and mounted a big comeback to make it respectable. But uh, David, Golden State, Houston. Uh, just golden domination. I don't know. <laughs> Eli. Tom. Golden. Houston, you have a problem. <laughs> okay. Uh, Eli, Clippers, Trailblazers. The most competitive series this playoff so far. Okay. Uh, Tom. Uh... Battle of the point guards that'll never win anything. <laughs> uh, David. Ironically, Damon Lillard's getting blazed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, so mine is uh, CP. Uh, Clippers can't, or the Blazers can't guard CP3. So not as poetic as you guys is. Uh, Oklahoma City, uh, Dallas, Tom. Um, Steven Adams and Raymond Felton for the win. I, I mean, who knew? Uh, I, it, it's going seven. Uh, David. Don't trust old people. <laughs> Eli. Go back to college, Billy Donovan. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, Billy Donovan out of his league. Uh, oh, San that's a good one. San Antonio, Memphis, uh, Eli. Call the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> Tom. Oh, have mercy. Uh, <laughs> David. At least when Kawhi Leonard dunks, it's about as exciting as when your grandma bakes cookies. It's like <laughs> very nonchalant. That's yeah, good. Not, no, one, no one's showing up the Grizzlies. Ah, uh, Grizzly Man's Revenge. <laughs> what does that mean? Like the Grizzly, the Grizzly Man movie where he got mauled by a bear. <laughs> But he's coming back. I, that might not be the right movie. But no, no, there. that's the right movie. It was morbid, but it was the right movie. <laughs> okay, so uh, that was our impressions of the other series. And then, so uh, 
Uh, Cavs Pistons. Wait, Cavs Pistons. Oh, Cavs Pistons. One one sentence, Tom. Um, welcome I'm, to Cleveland, Kevin Love. I'm just a, a minus. I can't believe Tom limited that to one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eli. David. You know, Justin Bieber will be in Cleveland. Justin Bieber. Oh, Cleveland. I like it. David. Uh... Brown Brown's off the ball. Okay. Um, so moving on, uh, we have our Cavs, the blog, uh, end of season awards. We kind of went through and uh, polled all our writers and uh, went through and did our, our end of season awards. So I've got to got to pull those up real quick here. I don't have them handy. So uh, talk amongst yourselves real quick. I'll have those up here in a second. I've got them up. Oh, okay. Uh, um. I, I I made the winners uh, of each one, and and there's some ties. So the four of us will be the tiebreaker committee. Um, so Tom, uh, so our, what our first up? Uh, I mean, some of these are really obvious, like uh, MVP. I don't think there was yeah. any of us that didn't vote for Steph Curry. We all voted for Curry. Yeah. Yep. Uh, defensive Player of the Year. I think there was a couple Kawhi Leonard's, but. I think yep. six, six of us. No, it was most. It was um, uh, six of us were Kawhi Leonard and Eli and you both voted Draymond Green. Dude, yeah. That's a good choice. That's a good choice too. Yeah, no, and I, I it was basically solely based on defensive RPM. So okay, was, was how I edged out Draymond. So yeah, the, there was a metric involved. Uh, you want to take us through some more of those? Um, well, Carl Anthony Towns was the runaway um, winner. We all voted for him for Rookie yeah, of the he's, Year. He's going to be phenomenal. So did they award, like, multiple Coach of the Years or what? Oh, for the Curry, for the Kerr Walton thing? Yeah, why does it say Pop Kerr Walton? Well, because everybody had Kerr, uh, Steve Kerr and Luke Walton as kind of the – the uh, thing, but it's technically Steve Kerr because he's listed as the head coach. I'm confused. Uh, Is the winner here like who we picked to be the winner? Yeah, that's who. Oh, we oh, picked oh to okay, be okay, okay. Yeah, so there was a tie between Popovich <laughs> and Kerr. Who actually won, or have they not awarded that? No, they haven't awarded that yet. Okay. Um, most improved. I and so I thought some of the other selections were. I had Steve Clifford, who I thought did a really good job this year. I, I think he did. He did a great job, actually. That's a good one. Although um, it's it's tough I like to Terry Stotts too. Yeah, Terry Stotts. Yeah, yeah Terry one. Stotts did a fantastic job. Yeah, Mike voted for Terry Stotts. Um, ben has a Rick Carlisle crush. <laughs> hey, he's 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 coached a hell of a season. With yeah. Many injuries that they as they've had. Yeah. So now we get to most improved. Um, CJ McCollum won with five out of our uh, nine. Votes and then Paul George had one that was that was evil genius. Um, I, I don't really buy that one because it's more of a yeah. Injury. Mike and I both voted for Delhi. Actually, I think there's definitely an RPM or, or oh, Rapham rap argument. And, and his shooting Delhi. stats are way up. So. Yeah, and then Nate, you picked Will Barton. Well, Will Barton came from out of nowhere. Like he was almost out of. I thought he was going to be out of the league. Yeah. So. So, um, yeah, sixth, sixth man, I thought was really interesting. Uh, so Eli, me, uh, Robert, and Mike voted for Andre Iguodala. 
you and Corey and Ben voted Ed Davis, and David, you voted Will Barton. So um, yeah, and and you know Andre Iguodala, not a numbers guy uh, in terms of his uh, his impact on the game, but uh, certainly that death lineup uh, features Andre Iguodala. Uh, as the defensive closer and just the guy that can guard the best player on the other team's offense. Yeah. And a fantastic transition finisher and passer. Yeah. Oh, and then we had the Luke Walton All-Star. This was a three-way tie between (laughs) uh, Eli, David, and I. So most of this podcast had Delhi. Oh, it should have been Delhi won outright. There's some great... Rigged going on. Oh, you're no, right. I, you well, probably no, when right. you look, David, I I hadn't voted yet. Oh uh, no, he no Delhi Delhi won outright. He's got three votes here. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, I I didn't read it correctly. And then second is a tie between Marvin Williams, which that was Mike and Robert. Okay. And um, and then Cole Aldridge was Ben and you, Nate. Yeah. No, Cole. Cole Aldridge had a fantastic season off the bench. For the- hey, I gotta say, I am extremely disappointed that Corey and not you voted Bismack Biombo as the Luke Walton All Star. <laughs> I feel like you're cheating on your boy Bismack. I, I should have, but I've always loved loved Cole Aldridge too. So, yeah. or I always thought he could develop into a player. So yeah. So uh, um, first team All so, NBA. All right, so I'll just go through it. Um, yeah, Cavs the blog, obvious. yeah. Cavs the blog for first team All NBA is uh, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and Draymond Green. And kind and, of the, the only question on that was: was it going to be CP3 or was Russell Westbrook at the at the other guard spot? That was definitely a polarizing one. Um, Why doesn't Lowry get in there? Because he hasn't been as good as CP3 or Westbrook. Yeah, exactly. I I just thought CP3, the way he held the Clippers together when Blake was out without, with one of the worst benches in the league. uh, Yeah. Really, really, and one of his more healthy seasons in a while. Now, Eli, did you pick DeMarcus Cousins because you feel like he actually has had a better season than Draymond or because you feel like it's kind of cheating to call Draymond a center? I think a combination of both. I think DeMarcus is the best traditional, you know, seven-footer. And also, Draymond only plays the five position, like, I think less than 50% of the time. If, if you misplaced your discover. Okay. So I thought so, that was kind of hard to put Draymond and then, ahead of Kawhi and LeBron, too. And then you know? we know EG has a really soft spot in his heart for Draymond Green. So he picked Andre Drummond, and I wonder if it's for the same reasons. Um, I, I have a hard time making an argument against Draymond Green as being an All NBA First Team player this year because he's been so good, um, and he leads the NBA in plus minus, I believe, raw, raw plus minus. Um, obviously, Steph Curry is the best player on that team, but um, so anyway, I think that will be. Well, I think what our blog came up with will be the All NBA First Team. My my reason I left. Westbrook off the top was the guy shoots doesn't even shoot 30% from three yet still takes over four of them a game which I think is insane so 
Well, I thought Westbrook had a nice year, but I just thought Chris Paul had a little bit better year, and I was really impressed with what he yeah. did and how that team um, kept chugging along even after Blake went down. Yeah, and and Westbrook, as well as he's played, has shot them out of games too. Yeah. So that was the one point of contention. So our all-second team is, and this is where really there was, um, everyone agreed Kevin Durant uniformly was on the all-second team. And then after that, it was a, it was just, it was random. So Bacchanalia. Yeah, so we went with DeAndre Jordan, um, who I actually thought between DeAndre Jordan and LaMarcus Aldridge, I sort of thought, LaMarcus had a little bit of a a more important season, maybe not a better season individually, but and, um, and I picked Jordan based a lot on uh, RPM because LaMarcus yeah. Aldridge was a lot farther down. Except you didn't pick Jordan, you picked Tim Duncan. So. Or no, yeah, I picked Tim Duncan based on RPM. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay, okay. At center, that... and he played a very he didn't play a lot of minutes, but he was in the top ten in RPM in the league. Yeah. Uh, so you. So he Eli, was fantastic. So. you put uh, Draymond in on your second team. The rest of us for the non-KD forward spot had Millsap and Paul George, which you can't really go wrong. Millsap had a really nice year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Paul George had a good year. You can't go wrong there. And then, again, the guard thing here, this is where it got interesting because basically whoever didn't have um, – Chris Paul had him here, or but Russell Westbrook, or vice versa, except for our one Nate Smith, who didn't even think Westbrook was deserving of an all-second team. So you have four guards ahead of Westbrook. You have Lowry. Yeah, and, and basically that came down to the fact that the guy jacks up four threes a game when he can't shoot 30%. Which Man. I, had, I, I had Westbrook off, too. You did? Yeah. Oh, me oh, you and the same people. Yeah, you did. You have you have yeah, you do. You have the same guards. So your guards are Chris Paul and Curry for first team, uh Kyle Lowry and Clay Thompson for second team. Yeah. And that's that's what I had as well. So So I also had Clay Thompson in there, but I had him with Westbrook. Yeah. Um so our second team is DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Chris Paul, and Kyle Lowry. And our third team... And this is embarrassing. The center on our third team is embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our third team somehow is DeMarcus Cousins. Well, because he had all those second team votes. That's why I had to put him there. Oh, yeah. I looked at Carl Anthony Towns' vote from Corey. (laughs) That's a little much for me, but... (laughs) um, Yeah, so we have DeMarcus Cousins, LaMarcus Aldridge... Uh, Dirk got a little bit of consideration here. Um, Paul Millsap, uh, and we got a little bit of. Uh, I voted. I voted Serge Ibaka. I noticed I was the only one that had him in there. I thought he's had a really nice year too, but um, he has. I, I was the only one, and then uh, you know James Harden and Clay Thompson round out our all third team. Yeah. So, and all right. We, we so Lamarcus Aldridge and Millsap, and then we. So who got snubbed? Who got snubbed on our All NBA? Uh, definitely think Tim Tim Duncan got snubbed. Ooh, Did okay. Not only get one vote with a a defensive RPM over five, which is really phenomenal. Um, 
So Tim Duncan, Lillard, Dirk. Clay Thompson, maybe? No, Clay Thompson was on our third oh, team. Oh, just third team? Okay, yeah. my bad. Uh, yeah, Dirk. Dirk, definitely, you could put him in over over Lamarcus Aldridge, uh, I think. Uh, did Andre Drummond get, get snubbed? No, I don't think he's there yet. It, not when you shoot 35% from free throw. Oh. <laughs> I mean, DeAndre well, shot you got to watch those games. Though. You got to watch him shoot twenty free throws a game. And I mean, well you well. voted DeAndre Jordan for second team. Yeah, I mean, but he at least different. shoots better than thirty five percent. He shoots like forty eight. Yeah, it's not that much better. <laughs> it's, it's not so that bad. much better, but it's enough. Uh, what about Al Horford? Did he get snubbed? Al Horford, I think we all just hate him. <laughs> I think it's hard to uh, get a. a I hate I hate his there. sister, man. What is up with her? Yeah, she is crazy. I voted for Al Horford for the record. Yeah, I think he's like pretty Al good. Horford. Yeah. So um, I I thought our all defense team was pretty interesting. Yeah, so our all um, defensive team. You wanna you wanna list it off? Yeah. Nate? So we got uh, Rudy Gobert at center. Uh, with a lot of votes for DeAndre Jordan. And then uh, Tom voted for Hassan Whiteside, and I voted for Tim Duncan at the center spot. So uh, I think all those are legit votes. Um, and then uh, the forward, Draymond Green and Kawhi, I don't think, except Tom had Rudy Gobert forward, which makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom's starting the Twin Towers lineup. Bye. Quiet letter to guard. <laughs> yeah, because Tom was starting the uh, the long lineup. The you are scoring on this lineup no matter what. The Mike so, Brown lineup. Yeah, the Mike Brown lineup. Yeah, he's starting the. He, he, it was the Shaq and Z lineup. Yeah, so I'll then, admit, uh, I kind of I kind of engineered that a little bit too much. Yeah, and Chris Paul at the one guard spot, and then we had a tie for Jimmy Butler and Tony Allen uh, at the last guard spot. And uh, so, uh, make your case: who deserves it better? Who deserves it more, David? Who plays? It's got to be Tony Allen. He's way crazier, and to yeah. play great defense, you have to be He's crazy. The, and the better nickname: the Grindfather. Come on. Uh, Jimmy Butler is your father. If you, you listen to <laughs> the Froggy Fresh, <laughs> I have a Froggy Fresh T-shirt. By the way, what is Froggy Fresh? Are you kidding me? Oh, Nate? we should make Nate listen to these on the podcast. Oh, well, you want to know why? Really why is James crying? You want to know something? You just really got bad. dunked on. I ain't even lying. So this my saddest confession. I have no idea what a subtweet is. Oh really? It it just it means like imagine if I'm obviously tweeting at you, but I don't include you. So like I know you're in my oh, feed. Oh okay. Well, while you're figuring that out, no, I, I posted it. Do you see it? I do, I do. But uh, I mean, this uh, could change life, Nate. This is uh, <laughs> well, it'll at least change. It'll at least change your evening. I'll put it that okay, way. Okay. Well, I I will include that in the links for this. So. Um, uh, all-rookie team, uh, a surprising center pick for our all-rookie team, uh, Nicholas Jokic uh, for, uh, from Denver, and then Carl uh, Anthony Towns at the forward and Porzingis at the other forward. So we're running a triple towers. Uh, <laughs> you really are. But, and, but, but the zinger can be a four. I mean, oh, he, yeah, but according to, uh, 
according to Kurt Rambis, he can be a three. So Okay, there you go. And then we've got at the uh, guard spots, we've got Devin Booker and D'Angelo Russell. And I was really shocked that uh, Emmanuel Mugier didn't get more love. Uh, his number's not much worse than Devin Booker shooting and much better on assists, and he played a lot more minutes. Uh, so I, I, I thought Emmanuel Mugier. And then we had a couple Justice Winslow votes who who looks like the second coming, coming of Tony Allen. So, it, yeah, Moody just didn't get a Zach Low column. That's why. Oh, that, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I don't understand why Win. I thought Winslow would get more love, honestly. Well, I think it's just a numbers game because Cat and uh, and yeah, uh, Porzingis were so good, and I was surprised how many people liked uh, Jokic. So. I mean, I, I haven't watched Jokic play yeah. one iota this season. I just looked up stats, and he looked pretty good. So I, I do have to say how good this rookie class has been. And we're seeing guys. It's been great. Oh, I hear the song. Okay, here's some Rocky Fresh, I guess. You know this is good. <laughs> This is, a, <laughs> this is underwhelming. It's not underwhelming. You gotta watch it. Well, the problem is, is my audio is, is yeah, diminishing. It's not terrible. Yeah. Well, I'll just put it in the link. <laughs> Somehow hasn't seen this yet. All millennials have seen this, Nate. His his old stuff is better. So Probably this is best. actually Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Uh, no, he has another song about Jimmy Butler. He wrote oh. it. During the um, Eastern Conference semifinals last year. Okay. Is, isn't it Jimmy Butler is your father? Yeah, yeah. And he just talks about LeBron. and It's, it's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> so. so. All right. I promised myself this podcast would only be 30 minutes. But. Uh, you are a liar to yourself. I know. I am like an alcoholic when it comes to this kind of stuff. I just, We're doing pretty good time-wise. I, I have been so much denial about how long in the tooth these podcasts are, but but you know I'm glad we got Eli in. You got yeah. a good podcast voice, my man. We're gonna have to get you on more yeah, often. Yeah, you you uh, you could uh, fill in for Fred McLeod uh, <laughs> if if he ever like. Uh, Not to mention, you came up with some pretty good one-liners there. You really could probably fill in for Fred McLeod. Uh, That'd be uh, that'd be an honor, I guess. What would you say if um, Delhi drove the lane and tossed up a floater to Tristan Thompson? What would your call be? From down under, some real thunder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. That's awesome. All right, yeah, right. I like all right, it. All right, all right. Channing Fry drives and throws down a dunk. You see those curly fries? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. LeBron with the chase down block. Uh, Kevin Love corrals, throws a 90-foot pass to J.R. Smith, who throws down the dunk. Go. <laughs> The racer, <laughs> not his hair, 
with the touchdown pass to the Swishmeister for the jam. <laughs> Not bad. Uh-oh. Not bad. Not bad. I would go with uh, warp zone level eight, but you'd have to <laughs> you'd have to get the pipe reference in order for that to make sense. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got that down. The got yeah, yeah. But uh, oh yeah, man. Okay, we're gonna start a new. Um, we're gonna have game. a new segment uh, on Cavs the podcast where we just ask for one liners, and we're gonna make sure Eli is a focal point because that was outstanding. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited for tomorrow. Is it tomorrow or Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Oh, that's even better, man. Kevin Love on three days or rest, that's like... Yeah, but Kyrie on two days. But Kyrie's worse. Yeah, right. Kyrie's worse on three days rest than two days. Yeah, not but... Ky- um. Kyrie has too much time to, to get into trouble. <laughs> too much time to play a Rocket League. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, for everyone out there listening, um, sorry we called the audible, but we knew EG was going to come up with an epic recap, and he did. We just figured it was better for content um, if we spaced it out a little bit. So Yeah, and I, I think we were all a little bit too effusive. We had to have a day to uh, to digest, and plus uh, a little bit more to talk about with the podcast. So anything you want to pitch, uh, Tom, before uh, we sign off? Uh, I mean, besides cookie dough. Yeah, I got really. Oh man, that was bad. Okay, so moving on, David. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to me. Uh, no, I have nothing I want to pitch. Uh, drink more Sierra Nevada. It's a great beer. Ah, uh, it's the worst. It's gotten so bad. No, it's because you're in Cleveland. Like, I live in North Carolina. The brewery's like an hour oh, away. Oh, maybe that's it, but now. every Sierra Nevada I've had in the last year and a half has been terrible. No, it's, okay. it's very crisp now. Yeah. Okay. And cheap. It's like seven ninety nine a six-pack. Yeah, so. Okay, uh, Eli, anything you want to pitch? Uh, as of right now, I will be at the game on Wednesday, so okay. nice. be sure to check us out. I'll be tweeting probably live pictures and stuff from the game. Oh, cool. Awesome. Cool. I'm going to uh, pitch uh, Brooklyn Defender, uh, an IPA from Brooklyn Brewing Company that I just cracked open last night. Very good. And also, uh, David, you got to check out uh, uh, Holy City Brewing uh, down in uh, Charlotte, or not Charlotte, uh, Charleston. Uh, I got a sweet hat from them, and uh, the breweries in, in Charleston are really cool. They're all like garage doors on the side of a warehouse. So, uh, uh, and I got a I got a good beer called Pluff Mud, which is like the nasty fermenting mud from the uh, brackish waters of uh, of Florida, Charleston. Oh, Pluff Mud. <laughs> so, what, what I'll, I'm going to give some advice to, um, I, I assume we have a predominantly male audience, and we seem to have a little more uh, mature audience than most blogs. So, if you are struggling to connect with your <laughs> significant other, presumably a female, um, watch some 30 for 30s, because when we were in the hospital, and uh, my wife was about to give birth to our third child... I was shocked. She really got into 30 for 30s. Like we watched, we watched the one about Youngstown boys, the Jim Trestle, um, <clears throat> Maurice Claret one. She got really into it. We watched, uh, the one about, oh man, the one about the Duke lacrosse team was maybe the best one I've ever seen. 
they're really well done. And, yeah, uh, you know, my wife absolutely loved, and my daughter, my 12-year-old daughter, uh, loved I Hate Christian Leitner. Yeah, that was a really good one. Yeah, um, she, she, so I left the hospital after like the third night. Um, don't hate me, everyone. I mean, trying to sleep on this like chair was just killer. And so my, my, my wife was like, okay. You stayed and, three nights? How long yeah. does the baby take to come out? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, we, we went and... The How long must... did YOLO Rocket Pestac take to get here? <laughs> yeah, that's why we didn't name him Deli, because he, he didn't come out all fierce and, you know, <laughs> he took forever. He was slow to fight through the screen. I almost, named him, Kyrie. I almost named him Kyrie. <laughs> he didn't bring the thunder from down he, under. No, he didn't, uh, but... No, I mean, that's not that abnormal, David, that, you know, yes. you, you go there and then it might be a day before the baby's born and then you need to stay at least another 24 hours at the, the hospital. And if there's any sort of issues whatsoever, maybe tack another day on. So our other two, our other two times we were in the hospital for two days, this time it was three days, but I was watching the 30 for 30 on the Michigan Fat Five also uh, a good one. The, the night before I left. I come to find out the next day after I left, she kept watching it and watched the whole thing and was talking about it the next day. So if you're, it, it, you know, if, if you feel like you're not bonding enough with your wife or girlfriend, <laughs> um, put on some 30 for 30s. Like they're really good. Uh, I'm just so scared of how many marriages you're going to end with this advice. <laughs> I, I think it's good. advice. I mean, it's like, it's like trauma. And like personal stories that intersect with sports, I think well, it's there you, go. you get enough of the emotional sort of like people interacting with people that that women you know gravitate towards, and then you get just cool sports stories that most of us remember because it's a lot of stuff. You know, it's it's historical. It's not a lot of stuff that happened like last week. It's, it's even historic. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Historical. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, with uh, David, were you opening a beer back there? Yep. <laughs> so uh, this has been another episode of Kev's The Blog Podcast. Oh, I baited you, Tom, and you didn't even fall for it. I, I'm just mad. I... <laughs> I'm just angry. <laughs> we're, we're, we've rebranded, Nate. we got to stick to the script. Okay, it's been another episode of Cavs The Podcast. And as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Standing here in front of you. It went right. You think this looks for real, Tom? Who? Froggy yeah. Fresh? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I saw this video and it I it I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Thank you for listening to Cabs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. 
And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.